May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord my God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. It's a beautiful Advent song used repeatedly throughout the season in hymns and in scripture and in worship. But what does it mean? What is the, the situation that this envisions and, and what does it invite us to imagine and to see? Now what's fun about the Psalms is that as th- their poetry, and as poetry, they, they are written by someone and, and with something in mind. So there's an author with an intent who sees some scene in the life of, of Israel and God's people and portrays it with these poetic words. But what's also important about the Psalms is that that poetic context doesn't limit them because they're gathered into a psalm book and then they're used by the people of Israel for prayer through all situations in life. And so as the reader of these poetic psalms, we get to ask, what does this invite us to imagine? What did it originally mean? And what does it mean now? Now, we in our chapel services with the uh, school's children have been going through this psalm throughout the month, envisioning a certain scene that was, was portrayed by uh, Jewish commentators all through the, uh, the Old Testament times, that this psalm originally was about a momentous event in the life of Israel, when King David led the Ark of God into Jerusalem. It paints a picture for our minds to imagine something like what we might call a, a ribbon-cutting ceremony. David, leading a great procession of people, dancing before the Ark of the Lord, stopped just outside the gates of Jerusalem. This is a big event. This is the culmination of a journey that began all the way back in Egypt, of God bringing his people out of Egypt that he might dwell with them. And we have something of like maybe a groundbreaking or ribbon-cutting ceremony David, standing before the gates, says, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors. And the gatekeepers do their duty of responding to someone who enters. Who is this king of glory? And the crowd answers, The Lord, strong and mighty. Now, we've we've done this in chapel as having one of the kids stand up as the gatekeeper, one be King David, and then the rest of the group gets to be the the, the, uh, congregation. And they do this dialogue back and forth. In remembering this great and wonderful occasion when David led the Ark of God into Jerusalem. Now, here's the thing, though. What, it, it, what it's doing is something like I've kind of said with ribbon-cutting ceremonies or, or groundbreakings. It's an envisioning of a last anticipatory moment before something long awaited. Think of standing at the altar, grooms, standing at the altar, waiting for your bride to come down the aisle. You've been waiting a long time. So much planning and anticipation has gone into this moment, and it's, it's right here, but not yet. There's that one last breath before the grand event, that last anticipatory moment. Now, this psalm invites us to think about this moment, and then but what's important about it is that in the life of Israel, it became used every Sunday morning after the Sabbath, read by the priests in Jerusalem. And that's going to become important later, because we as Christians aren't reading this as ancient Israelites. We recognize that the story has progressed from there, and, and the Ark of God's no longer in Jerusalem, and that's not a terribly uh, a matter of huge significance to us, because we recognize that the King of Glory has come in the flesh. In Jesus Christ, Yahweh has come among us and has entered into our life in a way prefigured by the Ark, but, but not the same. 
Christ is here in his fullness. So now we might ask, what does Psalm 24 ask us as the people of God in Christ to envision? What should we imagine when we read this dialogue? What is that last anticipatory moment that this psalm invites us to envision? Well, what's cool about this and what makes me kind of excited is that the Christian tradition, various theologians or liturgists, have answered this question with seven different events. Seven different things, and I think they're all right. They're all true. They all are this moment that we get to envision and imagine. The first one is, well, fit for the last Sunday of Advent. It is that moment right before the incarnation, the mystery of the incarnation. This psalm is used in the fourth Sunday of Advent for last year. Sometimes it's used for Christmas Eve. Sometimes it's even used for Epiphany. But the the situation it asks us to envision is the divine Son, the very King of glory, coming to the gates of our humanity, our human nature. The infinite Son of God, begotten before all worlds, God from God, light from light, desires to enter into the limitations, the weakness, the frailty of our human flesh our creatureliness. And the gatekeepers who, crawl, who, who, who cry out before him are reason and sense. Who is this king of glory to enter into our humanity? How can the infinite God dwell in our humanity? Why should he? How is that right and proper? Isn't that beneath him? And so the psalm asks us to imagine Jesus saying, lift up your gates and bow before The infant king born in a manger in whom the fullness of God delights to dwell. And the gates of our finitude, the gates of our reason and sense, do not withstand him. For Christ is born. The second instance is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. A few of the church fathers and and another lectionary puts this psalm on Palm Sunday. You know the story. Jesus is going into Jerusalem and a great crowd gathers with palm branches, laying down their cloaks and saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And what's significant about this event is that it happens, John tells us, on a Sunday morning. So while the Jewish priests are chanting in the temple, Psalm 24, Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Only he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Lift up your heads, O gates. Jesus himself the one with clean hands and a pure heart, is entering the city of Jerusalem. And the gates then represent the city of Jerusalem, God's rebel people, trapped in sin and rebellion, trapped in their own oppression by the Romans. And those rebellious religious authority become the gatekeepers. And all the people of Israel in Jerusalem who say, who is this king of glory who comes to ride on a donkey, who is nailed to a cross as his as his throne and crowned with thorns? Who is this king of glory who desires to be the king reigning in humility? And Jesus says, lift up your heads, O gates, and receive your suffering king, humble and mounted on a donkey. And Jerusalem's sin does not withstand him, for Christ has died. The third instance in the story of Jesus is the descent into hell. St. Gregory and Athanasius and the Eastern Orthodox Church uses this psalm on Holy Saturday, when First Peter tells us Christ descends into hell to proclaim to the spirits in prison, and the gates of hell stand before him, and the gatekeepers are the devil and death, who confront him with a whole host of angels. And Jesus says, lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And Satan and his demons cry out, who is this king of glory? It is the Lord, strong and mighty 
in human flesh, conquering death. For the king of glory has come to shatter the gates of hell. So lift up your heads, O gates of death and hell, for Christ has come to shatter them forever. And the gates of death and hell do not withstand him, because Christ is risen. The fourth instance is probably the most popular and common, is that it's used on Ascension Day, when the risen Christ ascends to his Father's right hand and takes over the throne of the universe. Basel and Theodoret and Cyril and Tertullian all have us picture this psalm as Christ, and it's quite a stirring image, probably the most powerful. The risen human being, Jesus, the son of Adam, stopped before the gates of Eden, and that flaming sword of the cherubim that has been going back and forth since Adam and Eve were kicked out. And that cherubim says, who is this king of glory? As Jesus leads a triumphal procession of all humanity, saying, lift up your heads, O gates of heaven. For he is Yahweh in the flesh, the righteous and pure second Adam. And he alone has clean hands and a pure heart, and he can and did ascend the holy hill of the Lord. And he brought our human nature into the presence of God. So lift up your heads, O gates of heaven. And make way on high for a son of Adam. And the justice of God could not resist him. For Christ is king. A fifth instance, St. Augustine and Bede offer us what we might call a minority report. They see Psalm 24 as a picture of the mission of the church. The people of God proclaiming King Jesus going to all the nations of the world. And they are confronted at the gates of pagan lands. Confronted by pagan kings and pagan gods. And the body of Christ together says, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, for our king will claim for himself men and women from every tribe and race and nation and language and tongue, even this one. So lift up your heads, gates of Rome. Lift up your heads, gates of Germany, Iran, Egypt, and America. And the gates of our unbelief will not withstand him. For he holds the fullness, the fullness of the Lord, and all peoples belong to him. Martin Luther offers his own take on this psalm. He says, he sees this as a picture of Christ's return in glory. When Christ comes to establish his reign and judge the living and the dead. And the gates are the powers of this world who have gone on in their unbelief and their claims of self-power. In their rebellion, refusing to call him Lord. And Christ comes to reign, saying, lift up your heads, humanity, for the king of glory is coming to claim what belongs to him, the inheritance of heaven and earth, so that God may bring with him the new Jerusalem and may dwell among us once more. And the gates of our rebellion do not withstand him, for Christ will come. There's one last way to read it, given to us by Origen, that Psalm 24 is a picture of faith of what happens in baptism, what happens in the reading of God's word, what's happening right now. Every time you come in contact with God's word, Christ comes to you, to your sinful heart, and it's gatekeepers of your guilt, of your rebellion, of your selfishness, of your self-loathing, and says, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come to dwell in you. The Lord, strong and mighty, has conquered your enemies. His clean hands and his pure heart are being given to you as a gift. He comes to dwell in you, to bring those things for you, the righteousness and blessing of God in you and for you as a free gift. So may the gates of your heart not withstand him. May the gates of your sin and your guilt and your regret not withstand him. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in.
For Jesus was born, he died, he rose, and he reigns. Amen. And may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our victorious King.